Albright, the only reading aid regulated by the Geneva Convention, presents Lance Manley, Library Detective. There's a million crimes in the naked city. Not all of them as glamorous as bank robbery, but then again, neither is doing security at the local public library. My cross to bear low these many years. Normally my beat is wrangling crooks over the fine limit or giving the bums rush to politicos having loud debates in the periodicals room. But one time, regular old FBI jurisdictional crime came to our fair library, and it involved the even fairer visage of Nora Diamond, cataloger. Interested? Stick around. I'll open the Lance Manly casebook and read you a chapter. We'll be back with Lance Manley in just a moment. But first, friends, have you committed the sin of allowing darkness into your life? Well, then maybe you need to see the pages of your Bible or other reading material under the pure white, white, 50 million candle power white light of a book lamp from Too Bright, the only book light company included in Project Paperclip. Yes, with a Too Bright book lamp, the pages of whatever morally appropriate material you may be reading after church and before Bible study will send the words flying off the page and into your brain with a minimum of interference from the commie red world outside your door. Whether it's the Holy Scriptures, a biography of George Washington, or your gun manual, Too Bright is the right light for you if you want to see everything clearly and correctly. And now we return to Lance Manley, Library Detective. Funny how things line up like spines on a shelf sometimes. Some days you're an average Joe mining his own beeswax when suddenly the old universe connects two dots in a way that makes a fella think old Father Flanagan might have been onto something with that omnipotent being idea. Take this dot for example. The dot that started with Nora Diamond, luscious cataloger, parking in my office chair and propping up a couple of miles of beautiful leg, chase the cross, of course, on my desk. I was trying my best to ignore those legs by making a cup of joe, nor was trying her best to lure me into a very familiar argument. Cream and sugar? Explain it to me. You want me to explain cream and sugar? I want you to explain why I can't help you with your casework. Because that's my job, and you already have gainful employment the last time I checked. Effie doesn't buy enough new titles to keep me busy cataloging, and I'm pulling my hair out down there. Don't even joke about that. But I really am bored, Lance. And I'm really serious about those fiery red trestles, gorgeous. Oh, you like my hair? Of course. Well, then let me help with security. That makes no sense. I'm trying out my feminine wiles. (laughs) If you tried your feminine wiles any harder, I'd have to buy a billy club to keep the males away from your office. Mug. What? Your coffee, here. Thank you. This is a male thing, isn't it? No, it's a cup of coffee. Interesting you can't tell the difference. I mean the security work. You're too insecure to take help from a woman. If that's the way you like it, sure. But if you're honestly interested in why... Yes, I am. If you were to help, it'd be the can for both of us the minute Effie catches you sleuthing when you should be shelving. Oh, she'd never fire us? A tongue lashing, then. And I've had enough of those to last a lifetime. Well, I'll admit, the woman does have a set of lungs on her. So you see my conundrum, Angel. It's not that I don't think you can do my job. You could probably do it about as well as I do most days. At least a darn sight better than I could do your job. Well, you're just buttering me up now. (laughs) Is it working? No, but this coffee helps. A little. I'll tell you what, Nora. When a case has me stumped, yours will be the first desk I run to. Well, that's not much of a promise. I don't get that many cases. How do you think I got so good at making coffee? 
Nora gave up this time and took her legs off my desk, which is a definite downturn for me. What's worse, she beat it back to her workstation in the basement and took my favorite coffee mug with her. I felt for her, I really did. Library work is important, but it's not always cheering crowds and ticker tape parades. The poor kid probably looked at my job like it was glamorous, a laughable idea. Or at least that's what I thought until the moment my phone blasted and I saw was the tough-as-nails director, Effie Perrine, on the line. What is it, O oh exalted leader? You're in a good mood. Didn't waste your time with Nora again. Oh, on the important library business, boss. She's too good for you, Manly. And I rue the day she figures that out. But Shirley didn't call me for that hot tip. No, I just like hearing myself say it. I have a job for you. What's the skinny? Something's plugging up the book drop and doghouses at the dentist. So I should play janitor now? Until he comes back, yes. Now do this one thing and I might give you a new coffee mug. Wait. How did you know? Don't you know by now, Manly? I know everything. That's how it all started, a little innocent banter about a book drop and a coffee mug and how head of security was only a hair's breadth away from second chair plunger jockey. Oh well, as long as Nora's romantic notions about my job, and by extension, me, stayed intact, I didn't much care if I'd unplug a book drop or two. So I sauntered out in the bright morning sunshine and up to the concrete and steel box that sat on the curb in front of our classically styled Carnegie Temple of Knowledge. A book drop, for you folks not in the know, is simply a way for patrons to return books when the library is closed for business. A convenience that's only downside is that it's outside the building, meaning it's fair game for pranksters. I hadn't had much trouble with that sort of thing since the McGinty twins went to visit their mom at the state pen and decided to stay. So I was a little curious to see what had gummed up the book drop this time around. I dug in up to the shoulder and felt the problem right off. Something made of a tough, scratchy fabric that was heavy. But two or three tugs got to clear the chute outside. I was staring at a large canvas bag zipped up tight. It had a logo reading First National Bank across the front. It was a cash bag, the kind the Brinks boys used to transfer greenbacks from truck to vault and vice versa, just about the last thing I would have expected to find in a library book drop. And the bag was heavy, filled with something. And since I was a detective, I figured I'd better detect what it was. I like to think of myself as a man of the world. I like to think it takes a lot to impress me. But let me tell you, the old peepers went wide as dinner plates when I opened that bag. It's not every day that a guy gets to hold a million dollars. Yeah, it was a million. I know because I snuck the bag back to my office and counted it. One million, two hundred thousand, six hundred and fifty-two smackers, to be exact. Not counting the dime someone had left in the bottom of the bag. Did I need to count it? Nah. Just something a guy can't pass up, holding a million dollars. So I made sure it was actually a cool million, then carefully stuffed it all back into the bag, resisting the brief temptation to make it a grand or two lighter. Then I headed out to the First National Bank, which was just a couple of blocks away. That's when this already interesting day got positively fascinating. Pardon me? 
one moment. <clears throat> 15 and 2 plus 6. And I want that done by end of business today or you're fired. Now what is it? What's what? What is it you need, sir? I'm extremely busy and have no time for fiddle-faddle. Kindly state your business. Well, now I'm not so sure. Fiddle-faddle sounds like an interesting business to be in. I beg your pardon? Well, what about flim-flam? Have any of that? Or perhaps hootenanny? Sir, please. Oh, calm down. I'm just pulling your leg, high pockets. Then I will thank you to take your nonsense elsewhere. I am very busy. Or perhaps I should alert our security, hmm? You mean that elderly gent napping on his stool over there. He levels quite a threat, he does. I especially like the way he guards the bank with his cap over his eyes. Why, that good-for-nothing. I'll fire him immediately. Oh, keep your shirt on. That's just Bernie Oles. He walked the beat in this town for 20 years before you took him on as a watchman. He deserves a nice retirement. And what business of that is yours, may I ask? None whatsoever. I just bend an elbow with Bernie now and then. He's a good egg. Wait a minute. I know you. You're that unsavory type Miss Perrine took on at the public library. I'll take unsavory as a compliment because some people find me very sweet. Really? No, not really. I'm just keeping up the banner. Well, keep it up someplace else. As I've said repeatedly, I'm a very busy man. I'll bet. And I don't much like your tone. I don't like it either, but deportment lessons cost an arm and a leg these days, Mr. Uh... Spivy, is it? Spivy. Leonard Spivey, President, First National Bank. Well, good for you. Yes, it is. And now for the last time... All right, all right. I'm just pulling your leg. Here you go, Spivey. Someone dumped this in our book drop. Um, what's the meaning of this? Just what I said. I work security at the library. Someone dumped this bag in the book drop, and now I'm returning it to you, along with its contents. Contents? See for yourself. When you count it, you'll find it's all there. Now, I find this while fulfilling my duties for the library, but I'm not adverse to a little consideration if there was to say a reward for the safe return of the dingus. Just saying, you know, a new toaster, a date with Hedy Lamar, that cash is always There's nice. been a mistake. This isn't our bag. What? Just what I said, not our bag. What, what, what are you talking about? It's got your name on it. Those bags come from the currency transport people. Their logos have no meaning whatsoever. This bag could belong to any bank. You don't say. Well, what about the contents? I can't expect a civilian like yourself to understand the intricacies of the banking industry, but suffice to say, what's in that bag is as phony as the proverbial $3 bill. Counterfeit, eh? That's right. Doesn't look very counterfeit to me. I know what I speak of, Mr. Manley, and I don't want that bag in my bank one minute longer. You're a licensed private detective, I assume? I am. Then you are an officer of the court. I leave it to you to deliver that bag to the police immediately. Now, good day. And just like that, the bag and I found ourselves out on the street. And if this wasn't the craziest hoodoo I ever did see, I don't know what. You try and return a million dollars to a bank, and they give you the bums rush. Well, I had no choice but to take what that spivey character said at his word and believe I was only holding a fake sack of cabbage. The only thing to do now was follow orders and take it back to the cops. Without really thinking about it, I headed toward the precinct on a more or less straight line. That was my first mistake. 
My second mistake was turning down a dark alley that would save me half a block of shoe leather, but kept me more or less out of sight of the street. And my final mistake. My final mistake was not trusting my instincts and turning around when all the hairs on the back of my neck stood straight up. That's usually what happens when someone gets the jump on me. And that's what happened now, just before the back of my skull welcomed the sharp kiss of a blackjack. Oh! Lance, Lance, meet Nora Dunn. Lance, meet Nora Dunn. Lance, Nora Dunn. Manly, wake up, Manly. Manly. Boss, oh, is that you? Finally, you all right? Where am I? You're in an alley next to the First National Bank instead of at the library where you belong. <sighs> Gee, boss, don't get so sentimental. I'm all choked up. Can it, Flatfoot? You want to explain why you're lying in an alley like that? You drinking on the job again? <laughs> again? When have I ever had a drop while on duty? Then explain what you're doing here. <sighs> what is it? <sighs> My explanation. Take a gander at the back of my head, boss. What do you see? Say, that's a right pretty peach pit you got there. What happened? <sighs> Remember that book drop business from this morning? Of course. Uh, turns out the blockage was a cash bag from the First National. I tried to return it to them, but they showed me the air. Bank president told me to take it to the cops. Was the bag empty? Well, that's the thing. It had a million cash inside it. The president here told me it was counterfeit. A million in counterfeit, eh? That's what he said. It looked pretty legit to me, and I think my friend with the blackjack agreed. Oh, no. What is it? I didn't find you here by chance, Manly. Nora ran into my office just now in a panic. Said you'd been hurt in this alley, and she had to go tail the gunset that did it. What? Nora's on the streets alone? Put away your claws, Papa Bear. Nora's a big girl. She can take care of herself. Yeah, but we don't know what we're up against, boss. Th th this character had a blackjack, and where there's a blackjack, there's usually a gun. I, I gotta get after that crazy kid or... Whoa. Easy, Lance, easy. We gotta get you off your feet and get cold compress on that head. But, but Nora... Nora promised to call the library when she found anything. Best thing now is to get back there and wait. I protested a few more times for show, but the battle was over and we both knew it. The fact that I needed to take Boss Lady's arm and frequent breaks to even get back to the library more or less proved that I was benched for the moment. But she got me back to my office chair and a stiff shot of whiskey, along with a bag of frozen peas applied to my noggin, don't ask me what frozen peas were doing at the library, got me feeling almost human before at long last the phone rang. Manly here! Lance, it's Nora. Uh, are you okay? Are you safe? I'm fine, Lance. Listen, I saw the character that slugged you, and I tailed him to a warehouse down by the river. First my head takes a beating, and now you want to give me a heart attack. What possessed you to carry on this way? There's no time for that, Lance. The address is 237 River Avenue. Can you get down here right away? Like I got a choice. Does he know he's being tailed? I don't think so. I circled the warehouse, and there's only one entrance. I'm outside it now. Oh, stay put, Angel. I'll be there in two shakes, and afterward, we're going to have a little chat about your sleuthing. Oh, just hurry.
Lawrence, over here. Good to see you in one piece, Angel. Oh, you too, Lance. When I saw you lying there, I thought you might have had it. Well, next time try and revive me instead of seeking revenge, will ya? Oh, you take the fun out of everything. <laughs> Maybe, but I'd much rather wake up to your pretty face than the boss ladies. Well, I'll make sure she knows you said that. Oh, so it's blackmail, is it? You bet, but don't worry about that now. We have to figure out what to do. Okay, you saw one man go in, right? Yes. Any lights on in the place when he entered? No, it's been dark the whole time. Okay, so one entrance, one man inside, probably armed. Thanks, Angel. I want you to head to the cops and tell them what's happening. No way, Lance. I'm not letting you go in there alone. Angel, we've been over oh, this. Oh, don't you angel me. That's a big warehouse, and you need a second set of eyes. Especially with a head injury. Of all the stubborn females... All right, but when we get inside, you keep your eyes open and take cover behind something big. Look... For a support beam, a crate, something that can take a bullet. You think he's armed? I'm not taking any chances. <gasps> Lance! Oh, relax. This gun's mostly for show. I hope. Uh, let's go, but slowly. First step, open this door as silently as possible. Silently, you said? Oh, just get inside. Who is it? Who's there? Oh, health inspector, we heard you might have some rats that like to steal things. Is that you, Manly? What in blazes do you want? You know this egg? Oh, if I'm placing the voice right, yeah. That's Leonard Spivey, president of the bank. Yeah, this is Manly. You do a lot of banking in abandoned warehouses, Spivey? What? No, this isn't Spivey. Who's Spivey? Oh, give it up, Spivey. My operative saw you club me and tailed you here. Your operative? Baby steps, dollface. So bring out the bag and we can have a nice long talk. No. I've worked for that bank thanklessly for 15 years and I deserve this. And no literary flatfoot is going to keep it from me. Don't be stupid, Spivey. There's only one door to this building and we're between you and it. You and what army? Uh, me and my favorite fullback, number 45. Oh, came on, huh? That would be quite a worry if it weren't for this. Get down, Nora. Quit being so damn protective and plug that gun so... I'm not going to throw lead his way if I can help it. I don't think he feels the same. All right, this calls for strategy. You wanted to be a detective. You got it. Here. You're giving me the gun? Get over in those shadows by the doorway and don't let him leave. Lance, I don't want to shoot anybody. You won't need to. I just need him distracted for a moment or two. Can you do that? I guess, but... Good. All right, Spivey, you win. We'll clear away from the door. Just don't shoot us. Gladly, Flatfoot. There's the door, but... Manly? Manly, where'd you go? This better not be a trick or I shall be forced to riddle you with bullets. Ha! Ran away, the coward. I knew those library types were all spineless. Hold it right there, Spivey. Who in the blazes are you? One of those spineless library types who happens to have a pistol aimed right at your heart. Now that makes two of us, young lady. What now? Count to three and see who's the better marksman? No. My job was just to stop you. Well, it doesn't need to end this way, you know. I have a million dollars in this bag and a plane ticket to Mexico. I could be induced to take on a traveling partner. And why would I go with you? Well, for one, the aforementioned million dollars. And two, it beats the alternative, which certainly results in one or both of us in the hospital, most certainly you. 
I am an excellent shot. Oh, I have no intention of using this gun, Spivey. You don't? Then why do you even have... Oh. That's why. You get him, Lance? I got him, Angel. Good. Then get over here and make with the chivalry. I think I'm about to faint. You're darn lucky, Manly. I should fire you, putting my cataloger in danger like that. She wanted the gumshoe's life, boss. How come I don't get any tears of worry? Well, because you can take care of yourself, Lance. That and I can get a security guard anywhere. But good catalogers are impossible to find. Oh, is it just me or did it get a little chilly in here? Touchy, touchy. Why don't you warm up by giving me your report? It always brightens your mood to show off in front of Nora. Well, I see how it is, boss. It's pick on Lance Day, eh? Very well, if you insist. Leonard Spivey was just who he appeared to be, a bank president dissatisfied with his job that he thought he deserved more. So he hatched the harebrained scheme to snatch a million dollars and run to Mexico. And our book drop got involved. How? Well, the robbery actually took place the day before the book drop, boss. Spivey was making his getaway bag in hand, but had only made it as far as the library when who should come up the sidewalk but Bernie Oles, retired cop and bank security guard. Hmm, rotten luck for Spivey. Indeed. Spivey knew that Bernie would ask questions if he noticed the bank bag, so we decided to ditch it. Our book drop was the most convenient place, but a lousy choice. Spivey's arms weren't long enough to reach it. My arms were only barely enough, and I tower over Spivey. Hmm. I knew hiring a half orangutan would pay off someday. Now, how exactly did you end up face down in an alley? My favorite part, by the way. Well, Spivey was certainly a bank robber, but a professional crook. He was not. He panicked by dumping the bag, and he panicked again when I showed up at the bank, bag in tow. He concocted the counterfeit story on the spot, followed me outside, knocked me out in that alley, and ran to the warehouse, presumably to make sure all the loot was there, and then planned his next move. Nora tailed him. Call me, and the rest is history. And you can have it, Flatfoot. I never want to stare down the barrel of a gun again. Now oh, you sleuthing days are over, Angel. If you get any dead aristocrats in the solarium, give me a call. I'll leave the Tommy guns and blackjacks to you. Speaking of blackjacks, one explained to me how a bank president of all people came to have possession of one. Oh, well, that was my mistake, boss. A friend of the force told me that when they took Spivey into custody, they found he'd taken off one of his socks and filled it with three rolls of nickels. That's what he slugged me with. Oh, boy. Boss, you're smiling, and it's kind of disturbing. I got you now, Manly. I'll never let you forget the day you were knocked out by a dirty sock. Now, wait a minute. It's... The great Lance Manly, felled by hosiery. It wasn't the sock, of course. It was the... You see, the the coins, they were inside. They were... I give up. It's okay, Lance. Yeah? How? I bet if you ask nice, they might let you keep the nickels. Too Bright, the only book light you'll ever need. Or else has brought you Lance Manley, Library Detective. Lance Manley in the case of the book job, Bank Job, featured Diane Adams as Effie, Justin Kapla was Spivey, Ayla McIntosh played Nora Diamond, and Caleb Silver starred as Lance Manley, Library Detective. 
case, the book job paint job was written and directed by Jeffrey Adams based on characters suggested by Thomas Perkins IV. Sound effects by Evie Conant all evening. Give her a big hand. This program copyright 2022 by the Icebox Radio Theater, which is solely responsible for its content. Partial funding for tonight's broadcast made possible in part by the voters of Minnesota through a grant from the Minnesota State Arts Board thanks to a legislative appropriation from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. For more information, visit iceboxradio.org. That is our show. Uh, next week, it's the Ambush Band here on the Bandshell stage. We're the Icebox Radio Theater. Good night. <laughs>